Section seventy five of Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The World Story, Volume five Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section seventy five at the guillotine by charles dickens the following scene is supposed to take place in the french revolution in order to save the life of one of the fifty-two about to be guillotined sidney carton Evremonde, has exchanged clothes with him and has taken his place among the condemned the editor as he stood by the wall in a dim corner while some of the fifty-two were brought in after him one man stopped in passing to embrace him as having a knowledge of him it thrilled him with a great dread of discovery but the man went on a very few moments after that a young woman with a slight girlish form a sweet spare face in which there was no vestige of colour and large widely opened patient eyes rose from the seat where he had observed her sitting and came to speak to him citizen Evremonde, she said touching him with her cold hand i am a poor little seamstress who was with you in la force he murmured for answer true i forget what you were accused of plots though the just heaven knows i am innocent of any is it likely who would think of plotting with a poor little weak creature like me the forlorn smile with which he said it so touched him that tears started from his eyes i am not afraid to die citizen evremonde but i have done nothing i am not unwilling to die if the republic which is to do so much good to us poor will profit by my death but i do not know how that can be citizen evremonde such a poor weak little creature as the last thing on earth that his heart was to warm and soften to it warmed and softened to this pitiable girl i heard you were released citizen evremonde i hoped it was true it was but i was again taken and condemned if i may ride with you citizen evremonde will you let me hold your hand i am not afraid but i am little and weak and it will give me more courage as the patient eyes were lifted to his face he saw a sudden doubt in them and then astonishment he pressed the work-worn hunger-worn young fingers and touched his lips are you dying for him she whispered and his wife and child hush yes oh you will let me hold your brave hand stranger hush yes my poor sister to the last as the sombre wheels of the six carts go round they seem to plough up a long crooked furrow among the populace in the streets ridges of faces are thrown to this side and to that and the ploughs go steadily onward so used are the regular inhabitants of the houses to the spectacle that in many windows there are no people and in some the occupation of the hands is not so much as suspended while the eyes survey the faces in the tumbrels here and there the inmate had visitors to see the sight then he points his finger with something of the complacency of a curator or authorized exponent to this cart and to this and seems to tell who sat here yesterday and who there the day before of the riders in the tumbrels some observe these things and all things on their last roadside with an impassive stare 
others with a lingering interest in the ways of life and man some seated with drooping heads are sunk in silent despair again there are some so heedful of their looks that they cast upon the multitude such glances as they have seen in theatres and in pictures several close their eyes and think or try to get their straying thoughts together only one and he a miserable creature of a crazed aspect is so shattered and made drunk by horror that he sings and tries to dance not one of the whole number appeals by look or gesture to the pity of the people there is a guard of sundry horsemen riding abreast of the tumbrils and faces are often turned up to some of them and they are asked some question it would seem to be always the same question for it is always followed by a press of people toward the third cart the horsemen abreast of that cart frequently point out one man in it with their swords the leading curiosity is to know which is he he stands at the back of the tumbrel with his head bent down to converse with a mere girl who sits on the side of the cart and holds his hand he has no curiosity or care for the scene about him and always speaks to the girl here and there in a long street of st honore cries are raised against him if they move him at all it is only to a quiet smile as he shakes his hair a little more loosely about his face he cannot easily touch his face his arms being bound on the steps of a church awaiting the coming up of the tumbrils stands the spy and prison sheep he looks into the first of them not there he looks into the second not there he already asks himself has he sacrificed me when his face clears as he looks into the third which is evremonde said a man behind him that at the back there with his hand in the girl's yes the man cries down every monde to the guillotine all aristocrats down every monde hush hush the spy entreats him timidly and why not citizen he is going to pay the forfeit it will be paid in five minutes more let him be at peace but the man continuing to exclaim down every monde the face of Evremonde is for a moment turned towards him. Evremonde then sees the spy and looks attentively at him and goes his way. The clocks are on the stroke of three, and the furrow ploughed among the populace is turning round to come on into the place of execution and end. The ridges thrown to this side and to that now crumble in and close behind the last plough as it passes on, for all are following to the guillotine in front of it seated in chairs as in a garden of public diversion are a number of women busily knitting on one of the foremost chairs stands the vengeance looking about for her friend therese she cries in her shrill tones who has seen her therese de farge she never missed before says a knitting woman of the sisterhood no nor will she miss now cries the vengeance petulantly therese louder the woman recommends ay louder vengeance much louder and still she will scarcely hear thee louder yet vengeance with a little oath or so added and yet it will hardly bring her send other women up and down to seek her lingering somewhere and yet although the messengers have done dread deeds it is questionable whether of their own wills they will go far enough to find her bad fortune cries the vengeance stamping her foot in the chair and here are the tumbrils and every monde will be dispatched in a wink and she not here 
see her knitting in my hand and her empty chair ready for her i cry with vexation and disappointment as the vengeance descends from her elevation to do it the tumbrils begin to discharge their load the ministers of saint guillotine are robed and ready crash a head is held up and the knitting women who scarcely lifted their eyes to look at it a moment ago when it could think and speak count one the second tumbrel empties and moves on the third comes up crash and the knitting women never faltering or pausing in their work count two the supposed avremont descends and the seamstress is lifted out next after him he has not relinquished her patient hand in getting out but still holds it as he promised he gently places her with her back to the crashing engine that constantly whirs up and falls and she looks into his face and thanks him but for you dear stranger i should not be so composed for i am naturally a poor little thing faint of heart nor should i have been able to raise my thoughts to him who was put to death that we might have hope and comfort here to-day i think you were sent to me by heaven or you to me says sydney carton keep your eyes upon me dear child and mind no other object i mind nothing while i hold your hand i shall mind nothing when i let it go if they are rapid they will be rapid fear not the two stand in the fast thinning throng of victims but they speak as if they were alone eye to eye voice to voice hand to hand heart to heart these two children of the universal mother else so wide apart and differing have come together on the dark highway to repair home together and to rest in her bosom brave and generous friend will you let me ask you one last question i am very ignorant and it troubles me just a little tell me what it is i have a cousin an only relative and an orphan like myself whom i love very dearly she is five years younger than i and she lives in a farmer's house in the south country poverty parted us and she knows nothing of my fate for i cannot write and if i could how should i tell her it is better as it is yes yes better as it is what i have been thinking as we came along and what i am still thinking now as i look into your kind strong face which gives me so much support is this if the republic really does good to the poor and they come to be less hungry and in all ways to suffer less she may live a long time she may even live to be old what then my gentle sister do you think the uncomplaining eyes in which there is so much endurance fill with tears and the lips part a little more and tremble that it will seem long to me while i wait for her in the better land where i trust both you and i will be mercifully sheltered it cannot be my child there is no time there and no trouble there you comfort me so much i am so ignorant am i to kiss you now is the moment come yes she kisses his lips he kisses hers they solemnly bless each other the spare hand does not tremble as he releases it nothing worse than a sweet bright constancy is in the patient face she goes next before him is gone the knitting women count twenty-two i am the resurrection and the life saith the lord he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die the murmuring of many voices the upturning of many faces 
the pressing on of many footsteps in the outskirts of the crowd so that it swells forward in a mass like one great heave of water all flashes away twenty three end of section seventy five this recording is in the public domain